<laughs> You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. When recording a review for David Fincher's The Killer, you must first make a plan. Stick to the plan no matter what goofy shit nathan says during the review wait we're Guys, reviewing the killer i planned on reviewing anticipate. a different movie. don't improvise <laughs> i was about to say we're in trouble there is definitely no plan in any of these reviews i'm sorry guys i we, was listening to the killers what were you <laughs> the, the Smiths? god damn it i am literally making this up as i go remember everyone is an idiot except for you don't get angry anger leads to mistakes this is what chris tells himself every it single morning it leads to suffering especially that? with oh, right anyway yes i am chris and we were reviewing as i said david fincher's the killer movie i have much anticipated one because a long time ago i read the first trade for this but don't really remember it that well anymore but i remember loving it when i read it yeah and it was one of those i didn't read it again because i was like sooner or later i'll buy the rest of them which i never got around to doing another Uh, super hard to find yeah now they're super well they probably won't be now um, uh, yeah, well, they just released the the omnibus, which yeah. I, I own, and I have not read because I am <laughs> because that someone pretentious. stole it from the gathering. I wonder who it could have been. <laughs> uh, to Michael Fassbender has been a, it's been a hot minute since it's been anything good, but he's one of those actors who are always like. He's so good. Why doesn't he pick better projects? Him working with Fincher and then the original writer of of Seven, which I think is Fincher's best movie ever, uh, coming back to work and with him. And We got to yeah, put some respect yeah. on that name. Yeah, but that wasn't with David Fincher. So, okay. Yeah. Just, just got to bring eight it up. Millimeters. It's, it's fine, I guess. <laughs> the machine. It's, it's Joel Schumacher <laughs> trying to do David Fincher. Like, if you're going to watch that, just watch. Why don't you watch Hardcore instead? It's a much better movie. I don't know. Um but, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> there's my answer for that. But also joining me on this review is right, Marco, Nathan. All right, so this movie is about as accurately titled as a movie can be because it's really just all about Michael Fassbender as the killer, never given any other name except for fake names he gives himself on various IDs, which are all. Names of television characters, <laughs> which you think would be a terrible idea of whose whole thing is stay not noticed. Because I know if someone came to me with a but, license that was like George Jefferson, I'd be yeah. like, hey, George yeah. Jefferson. Oh, you, you ruined but, it. I wasn't going to say what they are. But yeah, yeah, they're all TV sitcom characters. I mean, Frank yeah. Abagnale from Catch Me If You Can couldn't <laughs> exist today if you were like, Barry Allen, Wally yeah, West. Exactly. I mean, you, I, mean I, I would assume Sunger. most people would not like understand or know the reference or anything like that, you know, because we're, we're not normies. I understood them all, and I'm young. I didn't get all of them. There were ones. There was I did a few. I was like, yeah. I, I would hear in the audience, uh, which there was only like five of us or something, something like that. Uh, but like the boys, heard, the boys went out <laughs> to see the new Fincher. It's just like a, a few of them would always do the. 
Uh, and I was like, yeah, I don't know I'm sitting one. right here, right? No, you can look at it. <laughs> I'll just be honest. That drives me crazy, especially when press people do it, because you're like, you didn't actually think that was funny. You're doing it to tell us all, hey, I recognize that reference. And you're like, shut Thanks, the fuck Marco. up. Thanks, Marco. I still enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> but it got me is, every time. It got me until, like, it was a really cute gag until about three times in. It's, George Jefferson got it's me. It's like, come on, man. You're. Chris is right. The guy's a pro. He shouldn't be making this dumb mistake. It's funny the first three times. Like, you're really going to run this gag into the ground, aren't you, David Fincher? Uh, I mean, whatever. It's a very minor point. It's a minor point. Really, the whole thing, the main voice you hear is Michael Fassbender. Fastbenders in a narration voiceover because we're just hearing his thoughts. It's mostly it a silent along. film performance. It's a very quiet yeah. performance uh, throughout it. And he is on when we meet him, a hit that is, as he's saying, the main thing is you have to learn not to be bored when you're doing these because often you're spending days just waiting and watching. Yeah. And, and if his heart to... rate if his heart rate gets above 60, he won't do the kill. Well, he's taught himself how to reduce his heart rate below 60. Yeah, so he has all the these point. rules. Yeah, he has a very specific set of rules. Very and and he's, you know, it, it's clear. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm very good at it. And these are the reasons why I'm very good at it. Yeah. You know, and this is not a thing about, wow, look how cool this guy is. Or, wow, look how damaged this guy is. Or, wow, he's going to find healing somehow. It is none of those things. It is literally like a procedural of how to be an assassin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like an OCD's wet dream. I said but, that. Yeah. In the I was like, yeah. yeah. But his first hit goes awry, not because of just like really uh, to some degree random chance it's just like yeah. you're, you're bound to slip up someday no matter how good you are and this is the day he slips up and misses his target gets away clean but then only to find out that somebody wants him dead for this so what does he do he does what a guy who is he has self-described himself at length already at this point does he is going to hunt down and kill every motherfucker involved and not in a sort of this is personal but in a sort of like leave no trace uh, trace yeah. you know if somebody's after me i'm going to make sure they are no longer after me yeah end of story <laughs> and anyone and everyone who may be involved yeah exactly uh so it really it's divided up into chapters and each one is sort of like somebody that he's hunting different character actors and, yeah and how he does it and how he does the kill it's it's funny one of them is tilda swinton uh, i was so thrilled to see it because she's tilda swinton i'll watch her do almost anything yeah and it's almost startling because she's one of the few characters in here that really gets to say a lot. She talks. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. definitely written for like, well, one, it's obviously written for her. And two, it's written in a way where, okay, we've had a lot of action. We've had a lot of quiet moments. Now it's time for the monologue. Yeah, I mean, it's literally juxtaposed with one of the big set pieces of the movie with this like rough and tumble fight. And then you just right. have a conversation with Tilda Swinton. You well, know, it's, you, you it, get that typical, like we're not so different. You and I, that's, type I think of that's monologue. what's really cool about that is that it's, it's almost like what he wants maybe yeah. like that, or at least that's what she's trying to appeal to. Uh, Cause I mean, it's, in a, I mean, anyone, he says it earlier in the film where, you know, no one wants to, you're lucky if you don't encounter me. And when she realized that, because knowing, you know, she's an assassin as well, I was like, oh, fuck, uh, this is yeah. this is not good. And so if well, there is any control hum- freaks meeting yeah, each other and like have like trying to like connect with any sort of humanity left in him, it's it's a really interesting scene. Everybody in here has their own way of either trying to survive <clears throat> the situation or basically realizing like a 
I'm probably not going to get through this. So let's just uh, let's see if we can bargain to make it not as bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, a couple years ago, I saw this movie called The Virtuoso. And it's again, it's the hitman setup. Like every hitman movie, it's all roughly based off of Le Samurai, the Melville film. And it has, I actually, it wasn't the worst movie of 2021. But it was probably the worst one I saw. Mm-hmm. And I hated that movie so much. By the end of it, I was like, I am sick of this fucking genre. I am this. I am <laughs> sick of like these sort of cool existentialist hitmen who are like, you know, doing voiceover. And it's the same thing. It's like you have a routine. You have a you do a thing. You know, you don't deviate from the plan until, so if some, until something goes wrong. You. And then, of course, you know, shit goes bad. But it's so aggressively boring and pretentious. Yeah. I was like... I'm never going to watch another one of these. Fu- it, and then immediately fucking, signed And then up David the Fincher is like, okay, <laughs> I will watch one more because I don't think these guys have rich, interesting lives. And what I enjoyed about this film is that Fincher doesn't really try to humanize the guy. Yeah. It's yeah. almost a surprise when you realize that there is a personal reason for why he's really pissed. Right. And, you know, and you're like, oh, I was not expecting that. Okay. That's a layer, even though we don't talk about it a lot. You go, okay, there's something under the skin here with this guy. But again, he never lets you in on it. Like he, Chris said, it's a procedural. He only expresses it when he is like in that situation with the the, the reason that he cares. Right? Yeah. Other than that, that's the only time he shows any trace of humanity in this film. Yeah, it's... Even like he like there's points where you're like, oh, any other movie like this would be the point where he breaks and shows empathy. Yeah. No, this guy has no empathy. At best, he's like... Okay, fine. I will uh, kill you in a way so that at the very least your children get life and your life. Yeah, you're not going to disappear. Right, right. And <laughs> I mean, like, there, there's only a couple of times when he shows any sign of like, like relation or uh, to, to humanity or the kind of an empathy where yeah. there's a big swig of a whiskey glass at one point, which I was like, oh, that's interesting that he did that. Well, he's a professional assassin. He probably likes good whiskey. Yeah. Well, but, and you can afford it. <laughs> I, but the thing is, fast Wait a minute, right? Oh, wait. It all makes sense now. <laughs> all of these podcasts are elaborate alibis. <laughs> like, I look saw at the this movie earlier with you I guys, right? I was clearly not there. I didn't go to the bathroom that's at all. That's what you meant by <laughs> revising my resume. <laughs> like, what was that weird sound at the end of the killer, the killer recording? <laughs> Real quiet. <laughs> Never saw that usher again, though. Uh, but but to Wright's point, they, there are those moments. Yeah. But it's always played on his face. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the interesting thing. He does talk more in voiceover. Mm-hmm. So when you have those flickers of humanity, it just reminds you what a good actor Michael Fassbender is, even when he has no dialogue. I also think, Man. weirdly, this is the protagonist that david fincher feels the most empathetic towards is like a control freak himself yeah yeah i that was one of my favorite aspects of the movie that is just about a control freak who is losing control and constantly saying improvise adapt to the or don't improvise always expect and anticipate all throughout it always anticipate yeah and he often improvises as he's saying that. And it's yeah. funny because like as much as you're sure this is going to turn into an at some point an all out fire fest or something like that, because like things do seem like the plan is breaking down. It never really does because he's really good at this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like the few times he makes a, a miscalculation, he is able to course correct because he's so good at it. Right. Yeah. And it also makes sense because the people he's going after are in the same profession. So yeah, they're good. 
it's like it wouldn't be easy to sneak up on him. So why would he think it's easy to I sneak up like on those other guys? So you ev- respect the you respect the uh, the antagonist he's working off of, right? Yeah, I like that every person in the profession was like a different flavor of yeah. that. The yeah. people that would be in there, especially Florida man, yeah, you yeah, know. right. And it'd be the only closest to him was, I mean, even though you don't really see Tilda Swinton do anything, but like just from her acting and just who she is, like. Oh, I bet she is really good at this. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Looks yeah, like she's it's good in everything. <laughs> yeah. And the, there's a, also something I noticed, like you were saying earlier, uh, like where it's more of a silent performance, which it kind of is for, yeah. for the most part. He actually says very little. Yeah, he uh, says very little. But like, God, uh, his... I, I It was the first time I really noticed someone. I was like, I've never seen someone on camera so still. Uh, where like there's times when he's on like on an airplane or somewhere and just sitting there and it's like and it was very unnerving it's like mm. i've that's right there even though it's like how subtle it is it explains so much about the character i will say there was one huge downside to this movie for me let me just really annoyed the shit out of me and that's that the soundtrack is entirely the smiths and i fucking yeah. hate the smiths <laughs> well, well that's you how do? you I hate the smiths okay oh, a, you're crazy oh, and you're b crazy. Sorry. that is also why that is also just proof that he's a miserable man. Yeah. You know, he <laughs> no, loves I Morrissey. That's the point. Yeah. You know, but you know, the great thing about that is between like the Bumblebee movie and this movie and several other soundtrack appearances, there's a reason why Morrissey never has to go to gigs anymore. That's why he cancels. <laughs> he's got all that Hollywood money. <laughs> and the soundtrack by, uh, or the score by uh, Trent Reznor and yeah, Atticus Ross again. Good. Man, it is different too. It's just like, it, See, it's, I didn't it even goes, check who did the score. I just assumed. It is, it's <laughs> definitely them. And because it has this like really weird when he's like stalking his prey sometimes where it has this odd like soundscape mixes and just like yeah. hard like beats of something i don't even know what the fuck it is it sounds like a reverb of like a rake or something i, like I, that. I, I think, think it's one f- reason why i never really pay attention to their scores as much i know people love them yeah and, and they're great they they are absolutely great but i always kind of tune them out because they're so integrated with the picture yeah. they don't make anthemic scores i can't hear how many of those themes no. but they always like Wright says they're almost practically uh uh Sound effects. I mean, yeah. I listen to social network score all the time. That's I mean, the, audio. Adderall. I think that's. I mean, obviously their best score they've done at least with Fincher so far. Well, and, Gone uh, Girl's also pretty fucking good. I don't. I don't Mank. know the uh, the uh, <laughs> score Mank, with that. Mank's pretty good. I mean, they're all good. It's just like I think that the one I remember Reminded, the most is like the, the piano in Social Network <laughs> yeah. and anything else because at least it's melodic. Yeah. No, I mean they 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 aren't melodic necessarily, but they always bring it and. It creates so much tension. It's oh, a, yeah. I mean, he's worked with lots of other people, but I think Fincher is kind of like the ideal partner for those guys. Oh, it's, yeah. It's just funny how like the way that who it seemingly who Fincher is just kind of this uptight, just like we're going to do it fucking 80 times. And and no. And also he works with someone who is like, you know, known for like really hardcore, like industrial music is like and but they've, you know, elevated their, you know, uh, uh, tastes and like and how they do scores. It's just really funny. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess he's like really 
like really hardcore and like in fucking music too, I guess. Mm. Uh, it's interesting guy. He, he's fascinating. I, it's, it's one of the few directors, like how do we not know more about him? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It seems kind of private. So it seems very, very private. private for someone who has made some of the best movies of I all mean, time. Christopher Nolan is also kind of in that same camp. Where oh, sure. He's insanely he, private. He talks a lot in interviews though. Man. True. He does a lot yeah. of like, this is what I really think about. Things. I think Fincher just wants to do whatever the fuck Fincher wants to do. Yeah. I mean, I he was just telling wants to you, work. I was telling you once we got out of the theater, like once he has done like an Oscar, anything that could be perceived as Oscar bait, like the social network or Mank, he immediately zags and does like a, the girl with the dragon tattoo or the killer. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, this is kind of his, for me, this is like his Cape Fear. I love seeing a great director mm-hmm. kind of slumming and go, I'm going to make a B picture, but I'm going to make it so well. You're going to go, oh, I can't believe He, he kind of just that's... made a Michael Mann movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In, in a lesser lesser hands, these would be like Redbox. Forgot them totally. Yeah. But yeah. suddenly it's elevated to this. The, like the material's room, yeah. simple. It's not a complicated story, but the technique involved to tell it is breathtaking. By the way, I just read that uh, Florida Man that we referenced earlier <laughs> is played by Sala Baker, who played uh, Sauron in Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah, he's a huge dude. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. insane. Well, not that you could tell looking at his face. Well, no, yeah. So, yeah. But I knew played, that I... No, <laughs> How he always old is plays, he? Oh, he's... Well, now he's probably in his 30s or 40s. He was a young man when he did that, but he's always He's 47. Been, okay, but still in great shape. Whoa. And That fight scene is insane. Obviously, you don't need to cover that guy in makeup to make him intimidating. Oh, yeah. He's huge. I'm surprised he looks great. Every, <laughs> every single one of the Lord of the Rings movie, he's always like the big alpha orc. It's always the same guy. Yeah, you know? yeah. And here he does have a great fight scene that kind of borders that line between, okay, this is so dark, I can't see what's happening, to this actually is really stylish and it makes sense that it would be this it's, dark. Yeah, yeah. It's also, it's one of those moments, and I notice a lot as he starts to lose control in the movie, Fincher starts to get to like shaky cam stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and not not no, like it's not crazy. Yeah, yeah, not not Paul Greengrass level. Yeah. No, no, no. But, but no, it, it's it's when he uh, it seems a little bit more frantic, yeah. which is yeah. interesting because you know he he's known for like when uh, characters are walking out of like a room or something like that. I think of like Zodiac all the time, and he just does pans and yeah. like it's very straightforward, but it's it's very structured. And even if the shot is like maybe a second and a half here, like. I remember that when he's walk at the very beginning when the botched uh, assassination happens and he's walking out of the building and it's like it's handy cam and yeah. it was like wait what uh, like that's out of character for him that's very interesting but but he's always been he's a guy that everybody talks about as having this style but yeah he does evolve he does change and he also picks things based on what is right for the material. Yeah. I yeah. never feel it's David Fincher going, look at this Fincher shot. It's like, I'm doing this setup because that's what's going to make were, this scene work. We were talking outside while having cigarettes about uh, Seven and just the like visual, like just mastery of that film. And the one moment he goes to handheld where he starts like getting all shaky is when you find Gwyneth Paltrow in the box. Sorry, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Seven. But it, it's... Oh, no! He's just... He's such a technically the world's greatest unboxing fucking video. director. Like, he's he's one of the few guys just like it's just like Spielberg is like he just knows where to put the camera yeah. and knows how yeah, to just sit back he, and he knows it. every aspect of what's going to be yeah. in the frame yeah. yeah like there's things that you hear about when and like he made like the social network like we need a guy over there and it I don't know. He's just, he's, he's so, a master director. He's a master director. He's, a master he's so director. clean at what he does. And we're and lucky to get a movie like yeah, this. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's 
to your point, it's this could have been like a, a very B movie plot yeah. of just and a, a good thing. movie, a good but, fine but, but movie, forgettable, forgettable. But like there is just like oh well, it's so much more elevated because of him. Yeah, and the thing is, if you look at some of his early career, he got to be a little flashy, especially once he starts embracing digital tools. Look at yeah. Panic Room. So many right, of those shots, right. like I'm going to fly right through the handle of the coffee pot. Yeah, I'm flying through the stove now. This more mature Fincher is like, okay, I'm not going to go crazy. I know what I'm doing. I don't need to be flashy. But again, like, oh, we have some tension. I've set up so much stillness that when I switch over to a handheld shot, it suddenly has merit. It has meaning. Right. He, he's learned to use his tools in a way that doesn't call your attention to the fact he's yeah. using tools. It just, yeah. you're you're wrapped up with what's happening. You don't even think about what he's doing. And it, it's so effective to like the emotion that you're feeling as an audience member yeah. where for us, we're just like, oh, we see like all the different things he's trying to do. But like, I'm assuming for a normal audience member to like, oh, fucking God. Like, like again, that fight scene is just so brutal. Yeah. And even though you and can't norm- see a whole lot, that would annoy the shit out of me right. the darkness but it was so perfectly chosen for this particular yeah. fight scene and the yeah. way it's shot because it is supposed to be chaotic and hectic yeah. and it's two professionals going at it it's not easy at all mm-hmm. and I also mean, let's face it you're you're not going to beat the shit out of Michael Fassbender that much so like that was the day the stunt man was really earning his paycheck <laughs> it's gonna be dark no one's gonna see you're not Michael Fassbender <laughs> Michael Fassbender's probably standing by craft services thinking oh I'm glad it's not me going through that wall I think it was wall. a choice to reflect <laughs> the uncertainty of his own character who's not used to who's fully capable of but not used to having to do things like this yeah mm-hmm. right you know yeah. as he says early in the film like I get bored sometimes with these long distance things they're the safest and whatever but yeah. sometimes I just want to like get go on like direct with a like a good old-fashioned drowning or something you know but he hasn't done it in a while so it's like i think the darkness sort of reflects to some degree his own sense of uncertainty yeah you know about the situation which you're like watching it you're going like i don't know if he's gonna make it through this one (laughs) right yeah (laughs) uh but then you look at the running time going no it should be okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) which by the way is barely two hours it's just under two hours It's, it's it's very deliberatively paced like i said the story this could easily be 90 minutes but Fincher doesn't make us, uh, uh, you know, he doesn't annoy us with the extra takes or the extra long static right. shots. If anything, he yeah. surprises us because yeah. the movie's constantly improvising where it's at. Oh, I As don't think anything's improvising at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like he planned it out. It's really fun to see yeah. the character's like thought process because there was a couple of earlier on scenes when he's trying to do his like detective work and figure out like, you know, uh, the cab whole thing. And like at first I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, oh, oh, okay, I see. And you start to see his yeah, the thought process. process. Is so fucking it's good. really, really cool how they do that visually. Well, right, why don't you go into your final thoughts? I mean, it's it's another David Fincher movie, and it's it, there's not like necessarily well, I guess Alien Three, but uh, a bad David Fincher movie. Uh, I I still kind of enjoy Alien Three, uh, but. <laughs> um, I, I yeah, think Nathan can go have a cuddle later. If, you want. <laughs> <laughs> if we're talking about Prometheus, yeah. Uh, well, sometimes uh, you just need a good face hug. Just a good face <laughs> hug. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I mean, this is it's great. I, I think I'm going to like it even more a second time around because it it actually reminded me of, uh, of I've explained this multiple times now that the first time I ever saw Zodiac I thought it was very boring because I was expecting another seven and now I it, Zodiac is my favorite David Fincher movie and after I saw it the second time I was like oh this is what this is and I think that's going to happen with this one I like I think that not to cut to the chase but this is kind of like a eight out of ten 
sort of or not like eight and a half nine out of ten um but like i can easily see this like over time after i watch it again how like just how visually stunning it is and the performance is very interesting and nuanced and oddly subtle but weirdly expressive or how like just minimal it is it's just a very interesting uh portrayal of a killer that i haven't really seen before where you know, at some point you see in movies like this about a killer, they finally just like kind of snap and uh, you're like, OK, like, here we go. And we don't really see that in this. It's like he's keeping that control the entire time. Very much like the samurai. Uh, so I'm going to give it, um, uh, I would say, yeah, eight and a half out of ten um, Archie Punkers. I think they should have given it a branded to kill tie-in, though, where he gets really sexually turned on by the smell of rice or something. Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked that. Uh, Marco. I mean, I, I, as I said earlier, I was kind of fed up with this subgenre. But when I hear David Fincher's doing one, I'm like, okay, I feel like this genre is played out. I have some moral qualms with it because I'm like, why are we glorifying these fucking loser people? It's mm-hmm. a fantasy, but it's a weird fantasy for normal people to have. And yet... Uh, this did not go exactly where I thought it was going to go. And I appreciated that because it, it circumvented a lot of the things that I already went in, not wanting to see. And thank you, David Fincher for not doing all those things that I thought you were going to do with it. Is it great? Yes, but it's still minor Fincher, which is still pretty damn good. At the end of the day, it's a pretty simple plot. I felt like the end kind of peters out. It didn't leave me feeling a completely satisfied. Sure. And some of the attempts at, you know, the jokes with the names. I mean, I appreciate the attempts at levity, but they did run that into the ground. I was like, okay, it was funny the first three times. And it doesn't make sense for the character to do something that's so self-conscious. But anyhow, I, I still enjoyed it immensely. The craftsmanship is elevates what's a fairly simple, boiled down kind of, you know, pulpy plot. Yeah. So I'm happy to see that. Uh, at the end of the day, I have to give this... Eight out of ten bucket hats. Nathan? They're coming back. Yeah, I mean, this isn't major Fincher, but this is really solid, like, mid-tier Fincher work. I mean, I the thing I really loved about it more than anything that we've discussed earlier is the dark sense of humor that the movie has. I just love the constant moments of Michael Fassbender commenting on everything that he sees around him dressing like a fucking German tourist all the time and realizing (laughs) those are the people that you'd want to avoid on travel. Um, yeah, it's just technically proficient, really funny. Great to see Michael Fassbender back on a big screen. Great to see all these character actors that he has to go around and assassinate. It's a great time. Uh, nine out of 10 German tourist outfits. Uh, I want to be clear to anyone out there who might be new to this subgenre of film to some level that this is not John Wick. It's not trying to yeah. be John Wick. John Wick is a completely different animal. I, you're not going to see me shitting on John Wick. It's its own thing. In this movie, people actually pay with money. Yeah, real, real fucking money. money. This uh, is the Zodiac of John Wick. <laughs> I mean, if you yeah. think about it, it's like you thought that you were getting 7-2, yeah. but you're like, oh, oh, oh this is a different, oh, this this is is a different more, thing. Yeah, there's more uh, down-to-earth. This is more down-to-earth. You know, It has its moments of extreme violence uh, that feel more like an action movie but most of it is kind of quiet and and weirdly cerebral despite how 
really it has no moral center because it's about a guy with no moral center. His only moral center is survival and the rules he's made to continue to survive. Like the closest I can think of is ghost dog to this really. But even there he's, he's guided by a strange fucking philosophy as well. And it has a, you know, obviously has the, the the core of the samurai thing below it like really being seamless yeah i was thinking the same yeah. fucking thing anyway, you really do anyway uh yeah i will i've been I wanting will to lend forever. it to you i've been I wanting ha- to forever. god knows i have I'm enough sure of your movies i'm sure it's true you do i do well give them back I have to now me now you see me I, well you should give that back to me well, i need to see now you see me too <laughs> <laughs> um anyway yeah no i i think that i agree with you guys is this is a while it's a great movie no one's gonna no one's gonna say this is one of his top three films or anything like that no. um I, and partially because it's just pure simplicity it felt more like fincher going yeah i always wanted to do something like this and this is one this is one for me <laughs> you know just yeah. just to yeah. do for fun i don't i don't know what's been for us yeah. uh, in his <laughs> career still like, honestly his huh. one for me is like still one of the best movies of the year uh, i mean it's it was, still one of the better movies i've seen this year yeah. oh sure I, yeah yeah I, I think there are people who are going to be expecting something else and those are going to be people people who are going to shit on it because they they were hoping for or expecting a different type of movie than it is but you know, go into it with the right expectations and you're going to really enjoy it. Uh, I'm going to give it 80 out of a hundred destroyed cell phones because <laughs> I couldn't say out of 10 because there was way more than oh, yeah. cell, destroyed cell phones. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I appreciate that. But also his heel is like on fire. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know if I can even fucking do that when the tennis shoe. His heel is also a professional assassin. That's, <laughs> a, that's a new patron goal. Watch right destroy his cell phone. 